Hey, what's up, guys, and welcome to the Inside View Real Estate Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about what they... What, oh, shit, it's, yeah, that's the first time in a while. Oh, oh. Thinks he's all big and bad. No. One and no one and dunce today. Ah, Nice. That's a good bloop. Yep, that's a good one. Hey, what's up, guys, and welcome to the Inside View Real Estate Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about things you should be looking for on your very first investment property. I will see you on the inside. Hey everyone, I'm Josh Azuniga, co-founder of the Inside View Real Estate Podcast, where we give you bite-sized pieces of information and give you an inside look on all the major topics, whether you're investor, buyer, seller, or flipper. Stay tuned. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. My name is Carl Froyan. I'm with my host, Josh Zuniga. And today we're going to talk about a topic that we get asked a lot. All the time. All the time. Like, hey, what are some things that we should be looking for in our first investment property? Yeah. Very important you guys take notes on these. Yeah. Take notes, dang it. Yeah. And subscribe and like. All of it. Because we're cool. Share. Hey, we comment. don't charge for this. Like, the fee is what? Like, Value. and subscribe. Actually, come on, guys. Subscribe. Hit the button. So Hit easy. the button. Anyways, getting back to the uh, podcast here today, uh, looking at the market's freaking crazy. But like, what are some things that you're really going to be looking at when you're buying that first property? Like, what's investment? your number one thing? Well, you, whether your investment or your primary residence. I'm going to say investment property. All right, let's okay. say, say investment. Location, location, location. Of course. Always going to be it's location. number one rule in real estate. Absolutely Legitimately is. Because it, it can make a big difference, even from like, especially in Phoenix, you'll be million dollar houses, half a mile the other way. The hood. The hood. You're like, yeah, whoa. Like by so you have out. to be very careful exactly what your location is going to be, especially okay. for investment investment purposes, if you're going to long-term hold it. So we had talked about this slightly before. By the way, we kind of talk about these things before we actually do them. Yeah. What were some of the things, because you brought up some really cool things about millennials. What do they want? Yeah. yeah. So number one, guys, just so we had, there's four things. Number one, we're going to say is location. Of course, but inside uh, location. Where inside a location, uh, there's a big thing that millennials, probably be number two, is going to be walkability. Mm -hmm. So there was a stat that I read, or I think it was one of the articles, that one of the number one factors for millennials deciding on where they want to live is, are they close to their coffee shops? Right? So what is their walkability ratio? That's right? ridiculous, by the way. No, it's 100% it's it's true. Yeah, I, yeah, if I go, you know, where's my next house? I was like, how close am I to a coffee shop? Because there's a lot of... You know, entrepreneurs out there that like to go to coffee shops. I have meetings at coffee shops or there's a lot of digital nomads, you know, out there that yeah, are true. crushing it online, making hundreds of thousands of dollars. And they want, you know, somewhere to chill and somewhere to be in a cool environment um, to, you know, live their lifestyle. Yeah. Right. And that's the same thing to go with like lifestyle. restaurants. And I think that's a really important thing to bring up, too, with the location. Like you're looking at views, accessibility to highways, yeah. you know, business corridors, um, like where I live, you know, there's really cool restaurants. There's access to the canal. You know, I can go biking. I can go hiking within like 10 minutes of my house. Super nice. So that thing. was like the big thing. Schools. Schools are a huge location, one. Especially, right? for, especially for families. So guys, location, depending on your, depending on what scenario you have, if you're doing investments and if you guys are just trying to do a single family home or if you're doing multifamily, you have to make sure that, you know, you're within proximity to some of these things, right? Yeah, for sure. Because not only do you want to keep it, but at some point in time, you're probably going to have to sell that. Yep. And you want to make sure for the next investor that's coming in that it's in a prime location to where they can see the value of where it's actually positioned within the market, within the city, within the community to know that, hey, yeah, they saw it as a good investment. I see it as a good investment, too, because if it's a single family home, then schools are real big. Right. Mm -hmm. They want to be next to parks. They want to be next to things that families can do. Yep. Right. Um, if you're wanting to just do a multifamily, I always say you want to have, make sure it's to next to food, fun and entertainment, right? I thought you were going to say something else. I thought there was going to be another, F. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the fourth, the third yeah. F man, but it's all good. Or even like for a lot of people, especially millennials, um, they love their social lives, right? Yep. So 
bars, right? Nightclubs, right? Entertainment, you know, concerts, like I said, and freeways. Do we have access? Some people want to be within 15 minutes to the airport because they travel, you know, extensively, you know, not only for work, but for their lifestyle, right? Yeah, definitely. So I think that's a big one. Um, but just like you and I were discussing with this, if you have a great location and your walkability ratio is amazing, that's also going to reflect probably a higher what? Price. Price point. Guaranteed. 100% is always going to reflect a higher price point. Let me touch on this for two seconds because I think this is really interesting. Yeah. Okay, so like when I first started real estate investing, I was always looking at the slums. It's really all I can afford. <laughs> you know, like the, Which a lot of people, like yeah. the D-grade kind yeah. of stuff that was D. like, eh, that's super sketchy. And yeah. so I used to buy a lot of those apartment complexes. And so I'd be buying these like just shitholes. I mean, let's just keep it what it is. Be honest, is. yeah. Yeah, and so like these concrete block shacks. And the ROI was really good. You know, where I'm making like, a 10% return on my cap rate was like 10%, right? Oh, wow. And I'm like, okay, well, that worked, you know? And then you try to scale that, and it's really hard to do because you run into a lot of issues. Um, but what I've done recently is I've done kind of what you're talking about is I'm finding little pockets where they're like, hey, look, this might be not fully gentrified yet, where I can go in there and I can buy a property that's like a little distressed, put a little bit of money into it, maybe Burr Method, just, you know, kind of foreshadowing some future uh, episodes, like and subscribe. Yeah, hold it. And so... You know, talking about those types of things there where uh, you can add a little bit of value in that neighborhood's good, but it's still affordable. That's like the ideal scenario. It really, yeah. really is. And so um, what are some other things that you're looking for? In well, that first obviously, if you have location and walkability, it's going to reflect a big price. But yeah. if you have a, a higher price tag, you need to make yeah. sure that it's going to cash flow. Yeah, That's probably the most important thing, especially if you're going into an investment. You're not going into an investment to lose money, okay? You want to make sure that you're cash flowing to some degree, whether it's one unit, whether it's five units, whether it's 20 units, you have to have some form of cash flow and you have to know what your expenses are. Yes, right? expenses are a big one. Expenses are a big one. Like a lot of people don't take into account, like what are the utilities? Are they gonna be individually metered? Do you have maintenance? Do you have a pool? Um, how old are the AC units? How old, is, how old is the roof? Is the plumbing updated or do they need to be updated? Is the property itself gonna need to be, you know, completely rehabbed in five years, you know, for this area in order for me to sell, especially if you're buying it at a D scale and mm -hmm. you want to bring it up to an A or B and then charge, you know, more rents for that. Those are all things that you need to like take into consideration. But a wonderful thing that you also brought up is that, or I also think just because an investment that you buy now isn't cash flowing those sexy numbers that you think are going to be cash flowing. But in five years, like you're saying, the whole area becomes regentrified because here within Phoenix, five years is like nothing. It's probably three years. Yeah. Take a look at our Garfield district. Ridiculous. Three years ago, you wouldn't even 200,000 bucks. Going, now they're selling for half a million dollars. Oh, no, it's insane. It is absolutely insane. So the market can shift pretty quick, especially mm -hmm. if you're in a city like Phoenix. Um, where but Garfield, what did it have? Multifamily. Location. Location. Well, yeah. It's so close location. to downtown. It is. Yeah. It's literally. Yeah. So our, our downtown is landlocked between yeah. 7th Street and 7th Ave. Yeah. And then we have residential and multifamily on both 15th sides. 15th to 15th. Exactly. Yeah. So that was a big thing for people, especially moving from out of town. They're like, oh, we're moving to Phoenix. Actually, if you're moving to Arizona, you're probably wanting to move to like Scottsdale. 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 Yeah. Let's be honest. Scottsdale should probably be the capital here yeah. uh, because everybody wants to go there. So that's in case in point to where Scottsdale has all these things that we're talking about, right? It has a wonderful location. It's walkability ratio, you know, compared to a lot of other cities here within Arizona are, is amazing. You know, your food, fun, food, fun, restaurants, entertainment, bars, uh, things to do, hikes, mm -hmm. right? That's a big one. Wonderful schools, yep. right? That's a big one. Safety, you know, crime rates are yeah, another one too. Yeah. In those places. Yeah, yeah. Are, is a big one too, you know, especially uh, for families. 
but Scott still demands a significant price, mm-hmm. right? A significant increase in price. So you have to make sure whatever kind of deal that you are getting, you're going to have to know that you're buying it a lot deeper than normal in order for you to cash flow. Yeah. And don't buy condos. And don't buy condos. Yep. And then give them the reason why. Well, the HOA just eats you up. It does. And, you know, I used to be in, I've lived in condos almost my entire life. And I got so upset that I actually ran for HOA president and I got it. And I still couldn't bring the freaking HOA fees down because okay. it, it, it's an endless cycle of just maintenance and then increasing costs and insurance costs and taxes and all the other things that go with HOAs. And you can never control it, right? Like it just is what it is. And then you get a special assessment because the roof went out, right? Yeah. Like it, it just sucks. It's not yeah. really generally a good investment. And townhouses fall into that, you know, same account as well. Okay, yeah, guys? to a so, less degree, but yes. Yeah. So HOAs aren't meant to go down. They're always increasingly go always. up because what? the age of these properties are continuing to go up. And just like one of the condos that I purchased three years ago, I didn't even live there 30 days and boom, I got an assessment for the roof and I was like, awesome, here goes 1200 bucks that everybody has to pay. Those kinds of things happen. I was thankful enough that I did buy it in an amazing location. I did buy it at a great price before, uh, uh, before COVID hit. The walkability ratio is absurd and I only pay $1,200 for my mortgage there. And I have a, what? There's a code. I have a renter in there for 3,500 bucks. That's killer. Yeah. Thankful for the Canadians. And we have another renter coming in, you know, right after that for another three to six months. So that one hit all the marks. Lucky. Yeah. We really lucked out on that. Yeah. Make sure. Optima, the worst investment I've ever made in my life. Not not exact. What's the HOA fee? 700 bucks? 650 bucks. 700 and it was like 300, right? Crazy stuff. Yeah, that's insane. Crazy stuff, guys. All right, guys. So, just, just as a recap, location, walkability, price, and cash flow. Make sure you know your expenses, and if you're buying at a higher price, make sure you're going to cash flow something significant on it. If you don't cash flow what you're looking for, make sure you have a long-term strategy for it so like in five years you know that you'll be able to cash flow the amount or even above what you're actually expecting. But make sure it's in a good location to where it's going to be regentified. Investors are going to go in there, and people are actually going to want to be living in that kind of area. Okay. Cool. This was a good one, guys. Make sure you you write those and take some notes down because those are some key factors when looking at an investment and making sure that's going to be the right purchase for you. But until next time, we'll see you on the inside of the next episode. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, do all the things. We want to continue to bring value to you every single episode. But until next time, see you on the inside. 